Hello and welcome back to episode 5 of AB Side Podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Ben, and I'm here with Ansi. Ooh, hello, episode 5. This is good. Uh, should we jump into some feedback? Yes, let's. Okay, so we had this uh, this submission from uh, Matt. Hi, A-B-Sides. I was really intrigued by something you said in the quarantinement episode about the devil coming into your heart. I was wondering if you could expand more on this and also give the biblical basis for it. So Matt was asking this question. If you remember last week, we were talking about um, entertainment. Entertainment. And, yeah, and I think this probably was in our extended discussion about um, horror movies. Or just generally let watching things. Uh, yeah. Uh, so one of us made this statement. I don't know who it was. Do you? I think it was me. It was definitely me. So I I still stand by what I said. And that is, um, yeah, there we are giving the devil a foothold as soon as we do engage in certain different things. Um, even in the Bible, there are examples of that, like Ephesians 6, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And I know that the devil has a way of trying to use a lot of different good things to um, manipulate and um, just to destroy our relationship with God. And so, yeah, we do need to stand against his schemes. So a follow-up question then. I don't want to rehash our, our discussion last week. Uh, would you would you not class um, unwholesome content uh, in, in that category? Yeah, I would actually. Unwholesome like content. Um, partly because of a lot of things in the world. They can be, sure, they can be um, innocent at the start, but actually... They can border on, you know, sensuality stuff. Um, and in the Bible, it does say we should try and avoid things that are like that. Yes, right. We finished last week's episode uh, talking about Philippians. Um, yeah. And set your mind on on these, these pure and holy and wholesome things. Um, I don't know. I was just reading a story to my daughter um and sometimes when i'm reading stories i will maybe omit certain words uh, or sentences if i think that well sometimes if i think they're just like not necessary to the story um but also if if i think there's something too scary or something too um that that she's going to ask ask questions about that she's going to be unsure about um, but sometimes I do it uh, because the, sometimes I change a word to make it a bit um, easier to understand uh, and just, just put, put a synonym in there. But I was I was reflecting on that while I was reading. And I thought that's not really that beneficial uh, for her, you know, uh, for, for her to not be exposed to um, greater vocabulary. She might have to ask what it means, but... Um, it's not it's not beneficial in the long run to completely block out um, these concepts because she will come across these words and she'll come across these um, these other things uh, in in her everyday life. 
That's true. She will eventually come across them, yeah. Yeah, and so we've got this huge tension. Like, I, I, I don't think that we should be saying, um, well, let's only consume Christian-based content. But at the same time, so much of, of the content that, that we expose ourselves to is um, really unwholesome and really does open us up um, to those attacks. The, the way I see it is that if you do spend majority of your time not engaging in God's word, not engaging with, you know, God's family, um, and you are basically living a very non-Christian lifestyle, you will forget that, you know, that richness of Christ. But then I also know that for as long as we're here on this earth, we are also told to be you know, countercultural. We're still, we still need to live here. We still need to be functioning, and we still need to be engaging um, with society and evangelizing. Um, and how can we evangelize if we are just speaking Christianese? So I see it as, you know, we do also need to see what is happening out in the world, and not to be in our Christian bubble. I'm, I'm, I'm really against a Christian bubble, um, and so. Like sometimes you do need to expose yourself to the world. Okay, what what do you mean? Can you expand on what you mean by Christian bubble? So by Christian bubble, there's actually um, I've seen some <laughs> crazy documentaries on TV how um, there's some very extreme Christian sects, S E C T S. Okay, some Christian um like groups that they live in a household where they are completely blocked off from, you know, the outside world. Um, they really speak against, you know, the internet. They speak against um, any form of technology. Um, it's all very, you know, old school way you, of you thinking like, and like doing. Amish people, Mennonites. Yes, yes, them. Um, that not just them, but there's also there's also different. Christian groups in 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 the states that are also like this, and but then there's danger of that because then there's no accountability, and and if I'm an outsider trying to speak into them, they're not going to listen to me, and there is a danger of that group becoming a religious cult. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, the, there's danger because I don't know. I'm not sure that point answers the question. What was the question? What, like, uh, what do you mean by Christian bubble in this in this context? So I think I think it's um, important to be aware of the world that we live in by not being in such an insular Christian environment. Yeah, I mean, we're told Jesus Jesus tells um, his disciples to be shrewd as snakes, right? Um, Yes. And so so there is an awareness like like you need to know what's going on. Yes. But I I think I think it's really dangerous to be so filtered from um like when you shared the story of you reading a, you know, um, a book to your daughter, I was reminded of that episode in Black Mirror called uh, Archangel. I don't know if you've seen it. 
it I, pro- was, I probably um, have. I don't remember the title though. I, I think it's in season four. Um, and basically, there was this technology filter thing that they could put into their daughter's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. eyes, and the mother could control what could be shown to the daughter. Um, and obviously, anything violent, anything of graphic nature, um, content-wise, would be you know censored out, would be pixelated, and then one day it got bust. And so I I was really intrigued by that story because it's how much should you protect someone from the world? Do you know what I mean? They will eventually get exposed to it. Like I'm pretty sure your daughter will get exposed to it in some shape or form but i understand it from your perspective right now now is not the time so well, I, think, I think i think now is the time i, I mean in really? reading in reading a children's story yeah children's book yeah, yeah children's yeah. book that is appropriate for her age yeah. yes yeah sometimes i will still um censor and it's not it's not really about like um shielding her it's just about um it's more your about your convenience <laughs> yeah a lot of the time it's it's short term versus long term like in the long okay. term, it would be better if she understood what this word meant. Um, but I don't want to interrupt the flow of the story, or um, right, or I don't want her to to fall asleep thinking about witches or something like that. Okay. But in terms of letting the devil come into your heart, I I'm pretty sure that the devil is waiting, like at the door. He's waiting to prowl, um, and for us, yeah, the moment you let the door open without being guarded there is a chance for him to come and attack you for him to come and attack you that's a loaded statement or a, a phrase which will draw well, more he's questions crouching at the door he's waiting oh, yeah, no, isn't it no just could you clarify what you mean doesn't it, doesn't it say on the what in the in his word yeah it does no I've in, done, i'm not in disagreeing genesis, with you it's about cain he um god actually said that about cain yeah what but um what what kind of attacks do you think we are open to? What does it mean for Oh, him, is this for... is this the whole oppression and possession thing or we don't want to go down that road? <laughs> I don't know. I just think I just think leaving that question like that phrase is is um has more questions attached to it. I don't know. I wanna... I just I just think that there are times where Christ should be you know, very evident in your life. And and I think as a Christian, we have been transformed. We are continually being transformed. But the moment you, I don't know, keep engaging in um, that genre of stuff. So I'll, I'll tell you, back before I was a Christian, I used to engage in a lot of horoscopes. Um, like, fun fact, I was religiously, like, addicted to horoscopes. Like you tell me your birthday, I'd know your 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 star sign, and I'd know everything about you. And then I'd I would you know know you know which would be a good match and blah 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 blah. But that took me a long time to get over it. Even even when I became a Christian, there were times where I would want to know more information, and I know like ugh. It's like, is it true? Is it not? I don't know. It's all part of the devil's work. Um, that's all I know now. And I, I, I try my best to avoid it. But I know that should, like, for example, if I see on social media someone, you know, 
mentions uh, a star sign thing and you know your horoscope for this month i will quickly skim past it because i don't want to i don't want to read into it i don't want to have those words have a foothold over my life again do you know what i mean yeah that's interesting you you just opened up maybe a bit of an insight into what we were <laughs> talking about last week potentially i'm not sure that i fully um agree with this but uh we were talking last week and we were saying, oh, you know, people um, respond to things differently. Yes. I still stand by that. Right. And so here's an, here's here's a instance where I agree with you, because uh, if I saw a horoscope post on social media, I wouldn't feel in any way that I needed to. I wouldn't read it because, I mean, that's nonsense. Like, it's who cares? But um, it it wouldn't have any effect on me reading that oh tomorrow you'll meet a dark mysterious stranger like that would it would not enter my mind that that, that was anything um that's but because you've up. not grown up with that you've not let it be a foothold over your life whereas i used to i used to follow it religiously i have family members that still follow it yeah yeah unfortunately yeah. so when we were talking last week and we were saying oh things affect people differently Mm-hmm. That's an example of that being true. Whether or not watching a horror film or <laughs> listening to um, drill uh, music, drill music is, uh, or watching Love Island, is also in that category. I don't know, and I think it kind of depends on how you're engaging with the with the content. Yeah. You talked about being guarded against letting letting Satan in. Um, and mm-hmm. so if I'm reading about a horoscope, there's no way that I'm entertaining um, the fact that that's true. And in the same way, I'm sure that uh, I could um, guardedly listen to drill music or guardedly watch a horror film. But I'm, at that point, they're not entertaining me. Like I'm, I'm watching it for some other purpose. So there was another feedback that I received about horror films, actually. It was from um, my friend Nancy and also Anna. Um, and they they said, actually, horror movies or any type of movie, okay, but horror movies particularly, there is a sense of control. It is within the confines of a television. It's in that space. And you know that it is in that space. Whether as, you know... You've got, um, I don't know, a creepy external thing that's happening in your house in real life. Now, that is quite scary. But the fact that you're choosing to watch a film within that context, it's a controlled amount of fear. That's why people watch horrors or that's why people watch war movies because it's it's within the confines of that television set. It's You know in your head that this is fiction this is a story and i just thought oh yeah that's true actually yeah i guess that that. is true um then i did say that last week i said you do have the option of switching off you have the option of closing your eyes you have the option of not even watching it which is fine and i don't i don't want to i don't want to revisit our (laughs) our whole conversation no we don't need to um i do think though i do think that there are think categories though of or maybe not categories. I do think there are areas of media that um, we expose ourselves to that that 
yeah, do, we do have the potential to have a spiritual impact. Um, mm. So on horror movies, I would strongly um, <laughs> make the point that that there is something sp- like when you're when you're when you have a story that's centered on spiritual um, potentially demonic stuff like mm. the category of horror movies that we were talking about i think that you are at least approaching opening the door you know yes you are exposing yourself i i do agree that with that statement yes okay so does that mean that you are not going to watch horror movies anymore that's what we talked about kind of for homework this week like is there um, anything that you're going to change well i didn't i didn't watch anything this week anyway didn't have any time um but I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. Because I mean, you just said that you're that you, <laughs> it is opening the door. And oh my gosh, there's so many inconsistencies with both of us, Ben. <laughs> there are definitely. Are. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I can't give you a definitive yes or no answer, even though the Bible does say, "Let your yes be yes and your no be no's." But um, but in all honesty, I I don't know. Maybe our discussion today will. Uh, we'll we'll clear that up, perhaps. Hopefully, I hope so. Let that be our prayer. <laughs> okay, that's the end of our feedback this week. Thank you guys for for sending in your comments and your questions. Guys, please continue to do so. Uh, send it to our email abside at the bcc.org.uk. This week, Ansi, uh, we're doing something slightly different. Um, this week... Why is that then? Well, so this week, our Sunday service um, took a different spin on things. If you haven't seen that, um, check out our, our YouTube page. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, we we went through, our pastor Bert went through um, this, what is it, a soliloquy, this short story called My Heart, Christ's Home. Um, and I, I wanted to talk through um, some ideas that came up um, in relation to some of the discussions that we'd had um, over the past uh, few weeks. And also, we're, we're trapped in our homes at the minute. Uh, this is our, our homes are our entire world. So um, I think it's appropriate to, to think about um, our walk with God in that context. Did you have any particular uh, impressions or anything about um, the, the message uh, this Sunday uh, speak, stand out to you? I... <laughs> props up, props out to um Pastor Bert because it was very good filming. Partly, uh, his sons were part of the filming, which was really cool. The fact that you know Bert opened the door, and it was the whole. I like I liked the the way that it was uh, filmed because it felt like Jesus is actually physically stepping in, and you know, uh, Bert is opening the door, um, and so. Yeah, is it? I think I was just reminded of you know that verse in the Bible how it says you know I stand at the door and knock. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Revelation three twenty. That's cool. I think that's cool. So I'm inviting Jesus into my home, and you know I think there's something precious about inviting someone into your home you're not going to invite some random person. You're going to invite someone that you want to have a relationship with. And so you are showing them, exposing yourself to a portion of your life 
And I think that's really special. Well, it's more than a portion. Okay, it's your whole life. Yeah. Everything about your life. But, well, it is a portion, actually, because if you are segmenting certain parts of your house, like, there are certain areas of your house that you don't want people to step inside of. Like, for example, um, it's interesting because Bert did not film bedrooms, Bert did not film the toilet, the bathroom. Um, <laughs> you know, there's certain areas of, in, of his house that we didn't get to see. Like, I was all up for this, you know, welcome to my crib type of... Um, <laughs> But it's not. It's not. It's fine. It was just part of his narrative. I think it's partly to do with um, the My Heart Christ Home exactly. story. Yes. Yeah, I don't know how story. it... What does your toilet represent in the metaphor of your Washing heart? Washing hands. Cleaning. I mean, maybe. Getting rid of waste. I see it. There's... there's what, yeah, that's true. Um... <laughs> you, you, yeah, you stack these these metaphors inside each other too much and it starts to break down you know like that's your kidneys job not your heart (laughs) oh boy but no i see i see the bathroom as a very special place like that's where you go and you know bathe Uh, bubble baths yeah and relax as well yeah i'm looking forward to to your version of of my heart christ home no i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna rewrite it anyhow Okay, the the first the first room, I don't know if we'll go through all of these, but uh, the first room is the study. Why does it have to be the study? Why why wasn't it the the place where we put the shoes? What go on? I'm in Auntie's new version. What is taking off your shoes represent uh, in entering the the home of the heart of the home? So in in our culture, in the Chinese culture. We take our shoes off before entering the house. Why? Because, you know, our shoes are dirty. Actually, even in Jewish culture, Jewish culture, they also, they took off their sandals and they washed their feet. Okay, do you have a, because does Jesus have dirty feet? Is Are you saying that Jesus needs to remove some dirtiness before he comes into your heart? Like, what's the, <laughs> what's the outcome of this metaphor? I don't know. I've not thought much about it. But all I know is that, it's important to take off your shoes. Oh, well, Moses took off his shoes when he stood on the holy ground. Yeah, but this is your heart and Jesus is coming into it. <laughs> so are you saying Jesus should take his shoes off because he's standing on holy? Like what? I, I don't understand this metaphor. Oh, I don't know. I've not really thought much about it, but I think it's okay to take off your shoes. Yeah, sorry. No, I I don't think that. In this story, Jesus needs to be taking his shoes off. I don't think it matters. Okay, it doesn't matter then. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so the, the, the narrative starts in the study. Let's call it the study of the mind. Now, in my home, this room of the mind is a very small room with very thick walls. But it's an important room. In a sense, you can say it's the control room of the house. He came upstairs with me, and I was excited to show him all the cool stuff that I filled my thoughts with. But as soon as he entered and looked around at the games on the table, the pictures on the screens, the history on my browser, the apps on my phone, oh, I started to feel really uncomfortable. Strangely enough, I had never felt bad about this stuff before, but, but now that he was there looking at these things, I was embarrassed. There were some things there that I knew were too pure for his eyes to behold. How does that make you feel about our discussion last week? 
Ooh. Um. Obviously, these are these are our actions, our choices in which we make, right? Yeah. Yeah, I admit some some of the actions that we do, like watch binge watch certain shows, they are questionable. We spend we do spend more time binge watching shows than spending time binging on the Bible. Do you ever? Um, I have to be careful how I phrase this because it's not it's not as bad as it might sound. When you are uh, interacting with people on the internet, do you ever consider? like what it looks like for different people in different in your different social circles to to see you comment or like something what do you mean so i'm not talking about like oh i'm looking at something really dodgy and i don't want people to be able to see that um but like uh like i would feel weird about certain people um no, just just people in general, like looking at say like the videos that I watch on YouTube, not because they're they're dodgy or anything, but um, just because it's like really like embarrassing. They're really boring videos, uh, and I, I just you know I, I feel like I'd have to justify. Well, why are you watching a video of like someone making a chair or someone like restoring nothing some old piece that? of mess? No, there's nothing wrong with it. it. I just feel like people will judge me. Um, based on certain certain actions do you know what i mean is this just me no i think it's just you okay this is my own insecurity so you're like completely happy for everyone to like yes like if i said hey let me see your browsing history you would be fine not because you're ashamed of anything but just because like you you wouldn't be anything where you're like oh i don't want ben to know that i looked at like all of these pages about i don't know whatever uh, it depends what you're looking at, really. If it's something dodgy, then obviously everyone's going to be insecure. But if if you're not looking at anything dodgy, there's nothing to be worried about. So I think a lot of the times you can actually see each other's activities on social media. On Instagram, you can see what everybody likes, yeah. like funnily enough. And you can also see the same on Facebook, see what someone's liked or see that I've tagged you in this video did you see the video I tagged you in yesterday? I tagged you in one that had a lot of swear words and I thought, oh, this is this is a bit... Okay, so I was a bit funny about that, but I realised this is... There's so much swearing online that it's almost become the norm. But I did not share that on my own Facebook because I know that I, I have a lot of um, aunties and uncles that follow me. Hang on. <laughs> Okay, that that might be an answer to your question then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe I am a bit ashamed then. Yeah, you're right. No, not it doesn't have to be ashamed. It's just like, let me just open up my YouTube. Okay, what what you last watched? Yeah, I just history? just yeah, just just so I can I can see. So no, you you know that you know when you click on these random videos. Um, yeah. So uh, I ended up on like this watching loads of how to skateboard videos. And I'm like, what? Yeah, like it just. Why? I don't know. It just popped up, and then I just ended up Interesting. just watching more. And I and I was like, oh, this is really cool. I kind of I kind of like this. But at the same time, I'm not gonna buy a skateboard. And like, you know, if, if... what's the point of spending time on it then? Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
Um, this goes back to last week's stuff, though, doesn't it? It definitely does. Yeah, and I'm not talking about unwholesome stuff. Um, anyway, we've definitely gone on a tangent. The point that I was that I was trying to get at was uh, if we stop and think about what we consumed today, what we watch on TV, what we listened to, what we browsed, um, would we be embarrassed about the idea of, of Jesus seeing that? Yeah, I think so. Because there's nothing that um, benefits our relationship with him, right? It's just feeding... I mean, I don't think Jesus cares about me watching skateboarding videos. Do you not think? No, I'm not embarrassed about Jesus knowing about that. Um, it's more like okay. it's, it's more like social, like, why is Ben watching that? What's the point of that? But maybe he would care about like the amount of time I spent on social media. Yeah, I think so. Or the videos, uh, the videos, like the the movies that I watch or the music that I listen to. Because mm. I, I last thing I I do at the end of the day, but at, during bedtime, I would be watch watching recipes, like making my plans to cook what to cook next. I think that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. Productive. No, like... because because then I'll watch ten videos about this one recipe just to extrapolate all the information, see what's in common, and see what they did differently. Okay, what? And just to gather my research. And yeah, I think that research. is a waste of time, though. Why is it a waste yeah, of time? Yeah, I guess it's... I think it's okay. Because I am... I'm obsessed with food. Isn't that gluttony? That is gluttony. <laughs> I think we go to the kitchen after this. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's... Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think you're okay. Um, I, I think... I think it depends... Yeah, it depends why you're watching it. Um... I don't think there's any harm in doing research. Uh, I don't think there's inherently anything wrong in spending time. We shouldn't feel guilty about spending time doing the activities, you know, only if it gets in the way of other things. He ends the, the study part with, Jesus, I know this room will be, needs a radical reshaping. Will you help me to make it what it ought to be, to bring every thought into captivity to you? And Jesus says, of course, fix your thoughts on what is true, honourable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. A verse from last week. Mm. And then he says, take the things that you are reading or looking at which aren't helpful, pure, good, and true, and throw them out. Mm. I think that this is a reminder, for, for me at least, to um, guard what I consume more carefully and and to you know going back to do we trust people do we trust things inherently or do we distrust them mm. I think I should be less trusting of uh, the narrative that that secular culture has you know I think I need to just because everybody watched this movie and told me that it's really good does not mean that I need to watch it. And it gets like that sometimes. Yeah. It does get like that. Yeah. You 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 get kind of FOMO like oh, yeah, fear of missing out, yeah. Everybody says that this movie is great, so I've got to go and watch it even if you know it's sweary or um I mean we could have another discussion about swear words. Uh, but even if it's uh in a graphic or um 
or, or violent or, or scary, I'm going to watch it anyway because, uh, you know, I can find enough validation from from the world. I can look around at, at my peers um, and they'll tell me it's okay to do this. And so actually I need to be less trusting of that. Um, and I think, I think we, we, we can't really be too radical. We can't really be too extreme here, um, in terms of like. Too radical, too extreme. That's mm. what I meant with being in the Christian bubble. Yeah. I'm glad we revisited this. Um, there's a difference between, I think what you're saying is different to what you're actually trying to communicate but this is so this is i might be wrong tell me if i'm wrong i think being in a christian bubble what i understand that to mean is um you are not aware of what's going on around you so maybe like the mm -hmm. amish people who mm -hmm. are um choosing to live a life which is completely separate from everybody else um Mm -hmm. and, and kind of like like the early monks did as well right like this asceticism this like cutting yourself off from yeah. from even um the the simplest of life's pleasures um going out and living in the desert and uh and and having no comforts and you so you could mm -hmm. do that or living in a monastery you could do that and i think that's that's what i understand by a christian bubble it yes. do, it doesn't mean that um we it doesn't give us carte blanche to go out and expose ourselves to to what's going on in the world around us i have a friend who uh, this conversation stuck with me um we were talking uh, when we were both at university uh, so i don't know 1920 uh, and we were talking about uh about clubbing so mm. uh i think that i am probably more than others, more than you, maybe, uh, in the, or have grown up in the Christian bubble. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I haven't, I've been to clubs, but not really very frequently. It's not, it's not, it doesn't appeal to me on any level, really. Um, but you know, we're having this discussion. Uh, and so I'm, uh, by default, I'm like, well, I don't understand why anyone will get there. But, um, but his his uh drive was oh yeah you know i can be in the world but not of the world who's going to who's right. going to evangelize to all these people in the club if it's not me that's true is it true though because th what bothered me about this statement was <laughs> that he is not talking about going out and being like a street pastor have you seen those guys yeah so yeah. like street angels yeah people people on broad street who will uh, who will walk Hand down people from bottles. churches? Yeah, make sure people uh, can can call a taxi, get them, get them in a taxi, get them on their way. Um, be there to to chat for people and look after people, help them find their friends and stuff. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, that's all great. Mm -hmm. That's not what he was talking about. He's saying I can go out with my non Christian friends, and I don't know. Maybe I can drink. I don't know what. I don't know what his particular point there was, but um, I can go out and enjoy myself, and I can be a witness to Jesus at the same time. But he wasn't trying to be a witness to Jesus. That was just like a tag along extra thing. Right. 
And so I'm yeah. I'm like, what what are you hoping to achieve here? You're not going there specifically. You're not going up to people who are who are trying to dance or enjoy themselves or whatever. Uh, hey, let me tell you about this guy called Jesus. Like you're shouting over the music. Like what? What? Let me tell you about Jesus. Like that's not what he's doing. No, that's not a place to evangelize anyway. Correct. Yeah. And so that that stuck with me. It's stuck in my head. Um, this misinterpretation of what it means to be in the world but not of the world that's what i'm interpreting or hearing when you say it's important not to be in a christian bubble i'm hearing oh yeah that means i can go to clubs i think when you're in a christian bubble you don't even associate with non-christians like your close friends aren't there are no Sorry, let me let me rephrase that. All your close friends are Christians and you don't know people that aren't Christian. And I think the extreme examples of that would be people that don't even, you know, watch TV. How does watching TV connect with who your friends are? Cuz this is this is the thing that I didn't understand because we're talking about like consumption of media, not mm-hmm. who we socialize with, not what activities we, so we I take think, part in. I think, I think that the point is, is that the world around you shapes, it impacts you, right? It, it can shape how you view the world. And so your friends can influence you. Your family members can influence you. Media can influence you. I think that everything that we engage with influences you. So I think you have to be careful. I I know that. And I say that all the time. And yet I'll still go and watch TV. And I'll still go and like, you know, want to talk about certain shows. Will I watch them? It depends. Like I said, I do my research. But there was one time... There was one time I was at the hairdressers. Okay, this was years ago. And she was looking for something to talk about because she was bored, this hairdresser. And she was like, oh, do you watch Do you watch EastEnders? Do you watch Coronation Street? And I'm like, no, no. Do you watch da-da-da? And I'm like, no, I don't watch TV. Right, but that's... And there was nothing to talk about. That's small talk, though, there isn't it? There was nothing it? to talk about. That's small talk. But... but, but Small talk starts, though. You've got to start with small talk in order to go through the onion layers of evangelism. If you can't get past small talk, the outer layer, how are you going to get into the heart? Yeah, but it doesn't mean we need to watch EastEnders. So then I I now watch, like, I don't know, The Apprentice. I watch certain shows that I know that people will want to talk about. Mm. Just to break the ice. And I think, I think... That's that's a useful evangelism tool. For you me. hang wait wait. You watch The Apprentice specifically as like this is this is sounding a lot like my conversation with my with my friend about clubbing. Do you watch The Apprentice because you like to you enjoy how stupid the contestants can be? Oh, I also do enjoy watching the stupidity of yeah. the different contestants, but I see it as a talking point, conversation starter. Yeah. But there's a difference between, like, having a mutual enjoyment of something and mm-hmm. 
like watching something so that you can have a conversation, you know, like I'm not going to go and look up who won the latest cricket match so that I can talk to my brother-in-law because I could not care less about cricket. Like, and I'm not going to have like this fake narrative. What about football then? What about football? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I watch international football, but not really... Um, like you don't the, watch any sports? Not really. See, that's the problem. Well, so it's guys, not a problem. I feel... Well, no, there's a lot of guys that will have the small talk about sports. For you, you would have small talk about technology or like, I don't know, Yeah, but the, the, the point that I'm making is I'm not going out of my way to um, like pretend that I watched um, a football match. I'm not pretending. Yeah, I know you're not. Uh, which is kind of the point, isn't it? Because now what we're saying is, oh, you should enjoy the, you should make these things part of your um, your media diet. Like you should do these things and you should, and they should mean something to you, right? As opposed to like, you know, like when I was a teacher, I could have some vague knowledge of something and I could drop a reference to Fortnite or something without really playing it very much. And they would all be like, oh, do you do you play Fortnite? And and like you can you can kind of you've just run street cred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously that does that would not be an effective way to evangelize. Like you'd be like, oh, yeah. Can you believe what happened on EastEnders last night? Yeah, I just read the Wikipedia page like that. You can't. <laughs> that's not a good way to you need to be genuine with people. But I think I think fundamentally, right, Ben, there's so much exposure to the world that we have. I'm not saying be completely cut off from it and be in your little Yeah, you're you know, you're you're definitely not saying that. I'm definitely not saying that. Like you need to be Amish or you need to be you know, in a monastery secluded from the world but i'm also not telling you to live in the carnal in your carnal flesh and just be just like a non-christian and just do everything that you want to do it's it's a battle isn't it it's hard you know i i i it's it's this idea of a, of a what you said about a christian bubble um being dangerous and i think it is dangerous we need to be aware of the world that we live in but being aware of the world that we live in does not mean um succumbing to the world yes i agree we need to be aware of the world we need to see what the world is like outside yeah but we don't do that by um watching six seasons of game of thrones which i know is my thing that i um <laughs> that i watch right like that yeah that, i don't i can't that. justify like, that. that that isn't even like contemporary that's like what made up fantasy yeah and and period yeah drama. I mean, and the reason that i like it this is not an excuse but the reason that i like it and watch it is because it has like interesting drama and like the it's it's interesting to see is that life but is but is that a good representative of the world we live in? I mean, you, like, not everything is The Apprentice. Like, it doesn't have to be. But uh, 
but yeah, to to be able to to talk to someone about Game of Thrones or to be able to um, understand what it's about, to understand what's going on in people's heads, does not require to me to watch six seasons of it as a justification for like trying to be in the world. That's that's being of the world. Yeah, that's true. So I I just want to challenge you as much as I'm challenging myself that um, I don't think we can just like shrug our shoulders and say, oh, you know, this thing isn't true and honourable and right and pure and lovely, but I'm fixing my mind on it anyway. And then right. just so throw in the word evangelism. Me, are you telling me tomorrow I'm going to get rid of my TV, okay? And then I'm going to unsubscribe to Netflix and all the different things. Actually, you've got more things that you've subscribed to. You have Disney+. Plus. Um, and also get rid of my... What else? What else is not holy and pure and right? Um... I don't know, my radio, my internet, get rid of all forms of entertainment. Is that what you're telling me to do? No, I don't think we need to cancel all our subscriptions. Although if you did that, I think it would probably be a good thing on lots of levels, though, right? Like not just No, but then you'd find, you'd find other things to do, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, like spend time reading the Bible or... Let's okay, let's be real here, right? When you go and do a like a social media fast or when you go fasting from like TV or whatever, you might you have everybody has the intention of reading their Bible, but do they actually go and read their Bible? Not always. You end up finding another thing. I remember I gave up MSN back in the old days. Wow, and then what, how what, old are you? Yeah, back in the old Can days. Can we explain I gave up what MSN. MSN is to everybody? So that is like a, a chatting. Past. Instant messaging chat. It's like the okay? WhatsApp of the 90s. Yes, back in the day. And I gave that up for Lent. And what did I go and do? I set up a Twitter account. That was another addiction. Amazing. Uh, yeah. It's we not could, the 90s, it's the noughties. We could, <laughs> yeah, we could easily fill that stuff, uh, that space with other things. Um, what we should be doing, though, is giving this all over to God. Right. I think it's a heart thing. It absolutely is a heart thing. It's a heart thing, isn't it? Yeah. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honourable and right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And I think it all boils down to your heart. Where is your heart? Is it in the right and pure place? Is this thing that you're watching, is it helping your relationship with God? Or is it um, going to affect your heart and your attitude? Yeah. This is this is why I said we can't be too extreme because, you know, I like to watch The Apprentice too, but is The Apprentice any of those things and is it going to bring you closer to God? If anything, it makes... When I watch certain reality shows, not all of them, I don't watch all of them, but when I do, it reminds me of how deprived they are of Christ. Yeah, but, Ansi, when you watch The Apprentice... You don't watch it so that you can get down on your holy knees and pray for all of those souls. You watch it to see the fool who is like clearly going to get fired, volunteer That's to be project true. manager, and then muck up the but... task where they have to buy everything all over the, the city. Yes. That's why you yes, watch it. But I, I also like to watch, you know, their test, like testimonies, not testimonies. 
Oh, testimony implies like it's a Christian thing. But like their backstory, that episode where, you know, the final five, it talks about their history. And I really, I think, think it's really interesting to see, you know, what their story is and how they got to where they are. Yeah, but again, you're not falling on your knees and praying for their salvation, are you? You're not watching it and going, oh, how crazy is this capitalist world? How do you know? I'm asking you the question, but I am very confident <laughs> that that's not what you're doing. Well... Are you? I'm not. Mm, it depends. It depends. It depends on how much I like the person. That's the point, though, that isn't it? Is. That's the whole point. We We watch... We know that we are watching, like, The Apprentice because there is something in us that feels good about watching people like muck up yeah like those people are not chosen because they're the best business minds in the world right like the best business minds in the world don't need help from reality tv and alan sugar we're watching that show or we're watching whatever show um because it feeds into something else all right so to ask that question again is anything about the is there anything about you watching the apprentice true honorable right pure lovely and admirable no, it's all wrong. I'm going to give it up now. Ugh. I'm I think, so annoyed. <laughs> I think the reason we're so bothered about this is because we know what the answer is, but we don't want to do it. What's the answer? What's the answer, Ben? What's the answer? Cut it out. <laughs> That's what it's telling us. It's telling us to cut it out. The difference here is okay. we are both in the same boat. I am not holier than thou. Right? Like, we're both, we're both... So if, you're, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Yeah, and to be clear, I don't necessarily think that these things are leading us to sin, but they're certainly leading us to a place... It's causing us to judge. Well, The Apprentice is, yeah, definitely. But in general, like, this this discussion about, like, should we be consuming this stuff, it's leading us to a place which is not focused on God. Like, we can... You can do that all over the place. Um, so, you know, I think, I think Ansi, we've been... Um, we spent all our time on this first room uh, and we didn't touch into the other rooms. And, and maybe maybe we've got different uh, reactions to, to what's going on in those different rooms. And maybe our listeners will, will have been um, spoken to differently um, if they go and like watch the sermon. Like which rooms in summary? Yeah, so uh, the, the kitchen, the dining room, which is... Um, what what you um what you feast on um so in in the in the metaphor it's money or fame um or success and then there's uh the living room which is uh time spent with um with jesus uh and kind of the neglect of that over time um and jesus mm -hmm. saying don't neglect that come and spend time with me um because i want to spend time with you uh and then there's the work room, which is um, the works that have been produced uh, for the kingdom of God and kind of that feeling of, you know, why, why should you choose me? Like, I, what, what am I? I don't have any skills. Um, those, those might speak to, to you as listeners all in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, but we spent all this time discussing uh, that first room, the study, uh, because I think of, of our previous week's uh, discussions, our previous conversations about like oh i don't know what to do about this gray area um mm. 
And for me, it's kind of it, it kind of feels like the last room, this understairs closet, um, is almost like revisiting that that thing. It's almost like certainly for me, um, <laughs> something. I'll explain in a second. Something in uh, in the understairs closet uh, falls into that that category of the study. What I'm filling my mind and and my time with. Um, so yeah. So the last the last room. There's a strange odor in this house. I think there's something dead around here, and I think it's under your stairs. As soon as he said this, I, I knew what he was talking about. Yes, there was a small closet under the stairs, just a tiny storage space, like not very big. And in that closet, okay, behind lock and key, I had one or two little personal items from my old life or my old thinking that I didn't want anyone to know about. And I just wanted to keep for myself. Like, I, I didn't want Jesus to see them. I didn't want Jesus to have to deal with it. I I just kind of love those things. Yeah, I, I, I really like that point, how we do get blind by smell. What's, yes, smell blind. Is that the word? Yeah, like you don't know what your own house smells like. Yeah. And it's interesting because... I am quite sensitive to other people's smells, but yet I can't smell my own smell. But yet when my family member came and visited, I think a couple of months ago, and they're like, Anzi, I think there's damp in your house. You need to sort it out. It might be mildew, mold. There's that unique smell mm. and, and you you will identify it and smell it if you're not used to it. And I just thought, oh, interesting. And it wasn't until this lockdown when I started like cleaning and looking under under certain areas that I was like, oh, I need to rearrange my furniture now because there's a lot of damp buildup in this part of the house. Yeah, we're not aware of, of our own smells, no. I guess. Um, and what's... We need someone else to help identify it sometimes as well. Yeah, and then what's what's um really powerful about this story is that jesus says okay if you're not going to get rid of this uh the narrator says he gets angry and he's like i've given you everything else why do you want to why do you want to get into this tiny little room and jesus says fine i'm i will i'll leave and i'll go and spend my time outside of the house because i don't want to be in this room where there's this dead smell this dead rot so basically he can't he can't be in that in your heart because of that stench yeah he can't stand the stench yeah and is that not mm. like reminiscent of our whole discussion last week we're both in denial about um <laughs> like oh yeah but it's okay if i do this right like i can still listen to that song can't i i can still uh listen to this podcast right i think the the more closer you are to god the more you should be repulsed by the sins. Mm, but here we're hearing like, that actually we're not aware of the stuff. You know, like on one level, yeah, on true. one level we know, but actually this like it's very, very easy to convince ourselves otherwise. It's very easy for us to... Um, Justify it. Yeah. yeah, totally. And, you know, that that's how I feel about the conclusion of this kind of two-part saga into uh, what we put into our heads. Um, 
I think mm. it's I think it's so important for us to to think carefully and actually reflect and review like every decision that we make and that can be exhausting right like it it can be really hard i think that we need to be daily coming to god like we need to be regularly connected to god the moment we stop praying and, and speaking with him and spending time with him there is a danger of letting the world take hold of you yeah yeah that danger is always there yeah it's always there you know the the sermon ends with um with handing over the the title deed to jesus and uh the narrator saying actually i i can't deal with the upkeep of this house by myself i can't Mm. i can't manage it all by myself um Actually, if I give the keys to you, Jesus, will you take over this house? And Jesus says, uh, yes, I will. Yes, I'll clean out this this closet. Yes, I will take care of this whole house. And it's it's that's what we have to be doing. So there's yes, it's really important to spend time with him because that's how we're going to hear from him. But it's giving our, yeah. our whole 100 um, percent of our hearts over to him. And that definitely includes for me um, what I what I do and what I read and what I um, what I put into my brain. And no amount of um, jumping through hoops is gonna um, is gonna change the fact that I know that when I turn on certain TV shows, mm. there is nothing wholesome and good and everything about that. But it's purely for my own sense of gratification. It does nothing for my understanding of the world. Uh, and it does nothing for my... Well, it might, might help me understand the world, but it might also um, make me a part of that world at the same time. Uh, and at the same time, yeah, it does nothing for my relationship with God either. So for me, I'm going to think really carefully about what I... Just because I have access to these shows and just because people say that they're well made um this music is great uh this this article is is good this website is fun to read i'm gonna be more careful about how i interact with that i think so yeah i think fundamentally it is like it says in 1 corinthians 10 23 everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial Everything is permissible, but not everything is edifying. So I think it comes down to, like, the context of what the passage was written about, about food sacrifice, meat sacrifice and offered to idols. And I think, you know, there's so many things in this world that are questionable, actually. Um, And we, we did touch upon this last week, you know, the author or the writer of the show or you know the person who directed this they 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 have a, an agenda um but i think for us as christians the moment we let you know this facet of society we're feeding on it and i think i think we do we do let it 
you know, simmer and, and we do let it impact us and the way that we think and the way that it shapes our lives. Um, yeah, it's not beneficial for us, I think, fundamentally. And it is, it's a hard pill to swall- swallow, um, you know, that we should cut it off and it's not beneficial for us. But, yeah, I think it does boil down to that. Giving Christ our whole life, I think. We we always say it, but do we actually physically do it? I don't think we do, not in a day-to-day life. From the moment you wake up, you know, to the moment you go to sleep, I think. It's like sometimes we are very selfish. We are... We're not always, and it is exhausting. Ben, you did talk about it. Like, it's exhausting to always have to do it. Yeah. But I think, am I am I offering my life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God? This is my spiritual act of worship, Romans 12. Um, and I think we aren't always doing that. Yeah. How can I live a worshipful life? Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> done we don't need to do any more podcasts we agree (laughs) finally um no but i think i think it is it is tough i think for for us doing this show and even for the listeners i think this is a challenge that we are always presented with on a day-to-day basis based on our interactions with people they can sometimes trigger us um and i think even just the shows that we watch can also trigger us. Um, the choices that we make, there is always going to be a consequence, right? Um, but I can, I can heart on heart, you know, you know, like heartfully, I can say that it is a battle, and we can't do it in our own strength, and we do need to keep coming back to Jesus daily for help, and that's why the importance of coming and worshiping Jesus. Um, through your personal quiet times with the Lord is so important. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and you know, I think I think we've not said anything in the past two weeks that is um, groundbreaking for anyone who no. is, has been a Christian for <laughs> for any amount of time. But actually, what's what's been really um, helpful for me, I think, is acknowledging you know not just not just spurting out not just answering our question last week immediately with the verse mm. in philippians and saying oh yeah fine just just move on no it's coming it's to struggling a discussion with it, and an understanding it? yeah it is it is and i think that's the beauty of um having a relationship with christ is that he's not gonna just give us the answer straight away he will want us to wrestle with these questions to come to an understanding to you know seek out the answers for ourselves not just not just have someone hand it to us spoon feed it to us and i think what's interesting was that someone said to me oh anzi i've we you know us as listeners we've learned so much about you guys mm. like i think and i think that's that's part of the journey of life is to understand and learn from each other but also to learn it personally like we can tell you all these things like 
we can stand on stage and preach to you guys. Like I, I always ask, but but aren't you tired of repeating this theme again, this topic? And he's like, sometimes we have to keep preaching it and preaching it and preaching it. We're even preaching it to ourselves. And so it is hard. Yeah, I hope our listeners don't think less of us because we watch horror movies in Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, but actually, it's it's an admission that we haven't got everything all figured out. No. We're continually trying to... Yeah, we're, we're just trying to better ourselves. And I think it comes down to Jesus is making us, um, sanctifying us every day. Um, yeah. Anna shared this story with me this past week in um, our life group, how, you know, there was this chap in, um, I think it's her home church, how he was really, really like, he loved Jesus so much. And even on his deathbed, um, he was like spending so many hours reading the Bible and, and they're like, oh, what are you doing? You know, why why are you like pouring out the last bits of your energy reading the Bible? And he's like... I, I'm not, I'm studying for my final exam. Like, I just thought that was really interesting because, you know, there was this guy who really loved Jesus and even his last dying breath, he was just looking forward to being in heaven, dancing with Jesus. And I think that, that to me reminded me, like, am I studying for my final exam, whenever that might be, you know? And I, I know for a fact that God is making us perfect every day. He is transforming us. Um, but am I letting him transform me? Am I giving him the key, the title, um, you know, transferring the title over to him, to my house, my heart? Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. Or do I keep do I keep putting things in my closet? Do I keep hiding the things, my history browser, you know, my yeah. the choices that I make? It kind of feels like as as Christians, it's um, easier or maybe it happens more often that we shove things in the closet that actually we should just deal with in the open. Um, mm. But, you know, we don't want to, I don't want to admit to, to people in church that I watch Game of Thrones or whatever it is. Um, oh, oh. Like it's easier for me to stuff that in my closet with, with, the, um, with the other things that you're not meant to do as a Christian. Yeah, I I agree. And it is sometimes it is hard to admit these things. But I also know that the reason why we don't like to admit these things is because people have then a power to like dangle it and be like, oh, but you said this. And, you know, and I think there is a danger there where we take each other's struggles and we use it as a weapon. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I think... It comes down to I need to be vulnerable and I'm going to be vulnerable and, and openly share with you these things. And I trust that you won't use this to attack me in the future. And hopefully people don't. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah. So, you know, like we could carry on with this conversation um, much longer, but uh, I think I think we've come to the end of our two <laughs> two week saga into um whatever quarantainment or um what are you devoting your your heart to where are you looking um is christ in your is, in your home is yeah is christ in every room of your home um which has been great um i'm looking forward to uh, whatever we we talk about next week um but that's it for this episode 
Yes, we would love to have your feedback. Please send your feedback into abside at thebcec.org.uk or you can send us an audio message on WhatsApp to either Ben or myself. Yes, please do. Um, if you could rate um, and subscribe to us on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, that would be awesome because then you don't need to keep going to the website. It will just appear in your inbox magically on Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning. Until next time, take care uh, and we'll see you then.